podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom T20 World Cup Daily Podcast. Pakistan's World Cup hopes are just about alive as they beat South Africa at the SCG. I'm Yaz Rana and to talk through the game with me is Wisdom.com staff writer Katia Whitney and the Wisdom India head of content Abhishek Mukherjee. Um, Katia, first and foremost, that was just a really entertaining game. Uh, Big hitting, chaos, drop catches, rain, ridiculous shots, uh, an umpiring mistake, pretty much had it all. Mm, Yeah, brilliant. Especially towards the end of the um, the Pakistan innings. Uh, Vintage Pakistan, I think Nasser said on commentary, absolute vintage Pakistan. Clapped early on in the innings and then play an absolute blinder in the death. Brilliant. Um, and that South Africa bowling attack in my mind, and I presume quite a lot of other people's minds, the best in the competition. It's not like they're easy bowlers to hit into the stands, but Shadab made it look pretty easy. Obviously, it was a bit chaotic with fielding errors, South Africa dropping the ball left, right and centre, but don't think the rain helped with that either. But yeah, really, really entertaining. And another example of this World Cup being probably the best one ever. Mm. Um, I'm glad you me- mentioned Nasser um, because... Nasser Hussain was trending for a while during the game because Pakistan fans basically believe that they do better when Nasser Hussain's on commentary. So I'll read a couple of tweets out that these have got hundreds and hundreds of likes. I strongly believe that if Nasser Hussain was on commentary in those first two games, we'd be going to the next round with five wins from five. I'm convinced Pakistan plays better when Nasser Hussain's on commentary. There's absolutely loads of them. Um, They will want him to commentate in uh, uh, South Africa, Netherlands. (laughs) True, true. Pakistan obviously need... Uh, that result to go their way. Um, Abhishek, today was quite a good day for Pakistan Super League fans, really. We saw players who've done really well in the roles there uh, perform. We've seen that Pakistan have been quite over-reliant on Rizwan and Baba at the top, but both of them didn't get runs today. And it was guys we've seen do really well on the PSL do well. Mohamed Harris, amazing story. He's only played a handful of PSL games. Shadab Khan batting in the middle order and Iftikhar Ahmed getting Pakistan from 43 for four to up to 185. Yeah, so uh, his strike rate was 185, but he had, uh, that was in five matches. Uh, and uh, I think he finished only behind Tim David in uh, strike rate in that PSL. So what happened, I think he might not have batted at three had Babar and Rizwan had a long partnership. But since he has batted so well in the power play, in the PSL season, he has batted, he batted only 18 balls outside the power play. So essentially, his hitting in the, is mostly inside the bar. So had the first partnership not been broken this early, uh, the, I think the South Africa got was one of the fourth ball. So he might not have batted at three. So he arrived because he batted at, uh, that wicket fell early, and he just he was hit of the second ball he faced, and then from the third ball he just went on. Mm. So yeah, it's an excellent advertisement for PSL, as you said. Yeah, it's an amazing story that he only was, he's basically a reserve reserve because he only got added to the squad a few hours ago when Fakir Zaman was ruled out of the tournament with injury. He himself was a tournament reserve. Um, and as you say, he's only played five games in the Pakistan Super League. Um, Abhishek, we've talked a lot about... Sorry, sorry yeah. just a bit. Uh, he, uh, in the Under-19 World Cup, just uh, uh, two and a half years ago, he made a, he played a, he made a very fast... Uh, 50 against Zimbabwe, and then he had a small cameo against India. So, uh, 
he knows i mean i think i think his average in under 19 odis is about 50 is about 50 and his strike rate is well above 100 so i mean he has been a hitter all along hmm. had there be had the lockdown not pushed him back i mean he belongs to belong to a strange age group where after play resumed he was too old for under 19 and too new to be part of the senior setup so he needed that one year to get adjusted to the system hmm. We've talked a lot on this podcast about how Baba and Rizwan have batted and whether or not they do that because that they don't have a very strong middle order behind them. Do you just think they are just still too inconsistent to really rely on? And then, you know, by definition, inconsistent middle orders will occasionally have good days out and that's what we saw today? Or do you think actually Pakistan can trust their middle order more than they have done before? If someone can bat like that, why not get him as more as many balls as possible? A consistency. Uh, I mean, a consistency is a term. I mean, we used to rate a lot uh, in the when the longer formats formats were prevalent. But consistency. I mean, if you score runs consistently, it all, uh, almost always makes one ask the question: Are they taking enough risks? Why is that batter so consistent? So scoring so consistently? Are they taking enough risks? is that good for the side is that good for the uh, power playovers uh, and if the answer is yes uh, are two consistent batters batting at the same time batting together inside the power play good for the side i mean the, the, i mean if pakistan think that the uh, still having babar and rizwan together is good so we can so be it otherwise i can see um, him um, I I I can see Harris going uh, adopt a Finn Allen type role, basically go have a blast at the top, and then uh, once the first wicket falls, Babar and Rizwan come together. Hmm. That can happen. Whilst we were on Pakistan with the bat, Katy, uh, there's one very strange moment where Mohammad Nawaz was given out LBW when he probably shouldn't have been. Can you kind of explain what happened there? Yeah, he was given out uh, LBW, so he just hit a massive six. Off, I can't remember the bowling off the top of my head, but just hit a massive six, and he went again for this log sweep, hit him in the pad, and then the ball trickled over to Lungi and Gidi, and he went to take the run and was run out, but he was given out before he was run out. Um, he must have thought he'd been given out LBW because he, oh uh, sorry, he must have thought he'd been given out run out because he walked straight off, and he got a massive under edge on the LBW, but he didn't think to check with either the guy at the other end or the umpire. what he'd been given out because otherwise he would have been able to review it so someone needs to teach these batsmen the rules because mm-hmm. they're clearly not taking any advantage of it and he could have continued his innings and he was going really well yeah. with if to correct the other end so Pakistan got a good total in the end but it could have been mm. more could have been easier but either way he didn't know mm. the rules he got out yeah and you mentioned earlier how the conditions at the end were pretty damp and we talked about in yesterday's pod with Abhishek we talked about maybe they came on too early yesterday to to resume play today do you think maybe they should have come off at the end because safka looked like they were struggling a little bit there were a few drop catches that were uncharacteristic also there's one like 93 mile per hour beamer from norkia that literally wasn't safe well, it's a bit weird isn't it because we're normally complaining about umpires being too cautious when it comes to rain especially getting matches going again and i think they probably shouldn't have been playing at the end of the match it looked very slippery mm. so many dropped catches so as you said a beamer from norkia and he's obviously very quick so not the best of scenarios um but i don't really know what's going on i think the umpires must have been told by the icc or whoever 
to get as much cricket in as possible because maybe because we've lost so many games to washouts throughout the competition uh I don't know but they would not have been playing I, I just can't see how they would have been playing in these conditions in any other situation than this tournament it's very entertaining as we've mm. already said it was a very entertaining last five overs but there has got to be some kind of question about whether it's safe or not you know if Norkia slips in his run up and busts his ankle mm. you know that's going to be not just awful for him it's going to be awful for the World Cup because we want to see Norkia bowling and you know all that kind of stuff so there does have to be some kind of proper assessment and conversation we saw in the Zimbabwe match that was washed out as well we saw one of their bowlers go down um, with a potential injury and I think they're quite lucky that there hasn't been something more serious that's happened because mm. they've been playing in these kind of conditions so yeah it's entertaining but there is a flip side to it mm. um and Abhishek obviously it was damp at the end for the South Africa bowlers and South Africa fielders but do you think there's anything else that they will look back on and rue how they let Pakistan into the game was there anything that they could have done differently um because obviously at 43 for four Pakistan were looking at a score of 140 150 max and for them to get to 185 completely changed the game I'm not sure whether I'm suggesting a cricketing tactic but uh they with rain in the air with four wickets down they might have tried to slow down the game a bit. In that case, it might not have gone into 20 overs. Mm. So uh, since, uh, and the Pakistan onslaught would have could have been delayed, but in hindsight, it worked out well because the wickets Pakistan lost were in the last two overs. So no, I, I guess this is pretty much what they could have. In, in the end, um, Pakistan won that game pretty comfortably. Wasn't a great day for South Africa's batters. Um, but Katia, Temba Bavuma found some form. He's been under a lot of criticism before the tournament, a lot of pressure on his place. But not only did he get runs, he scored them quickly and he hit one of the shots of the tournament, flicking Harris Ralph for six over the final leg, I think 92 mile per hour delivery. Yeah, that was a bit mad, wasn't it? Walking yeah. right the way across his stumps, flipping it over there. But um, if anyone else is keeping a counter, that's Temba Bavuma's third T20 international six this year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Which shows... And he's played a lot. Yeah, he has played a lot. Um, which shows just what a rut of form he has mm. been in. Um, but yeah, it was 36, I think, today. So it'll give him room to breathe, but it won't give him much room to breathe. The only reason his place, I think, hasn't come into much more scrutiny is because South Africa have been winning. If they weren't winning, I think there'd be a bigger conversation about it. And I think it comes down to not just Temba Barima's form, but more who he is as a player mm. and how suited he is to T20 batting, especially as an opener. Because having a strike rate of less than 120, I think less than 100 this year, as a T20 opener is not good enough. Mm. And it's not the right way you need to be playing. You can debate the rights and wrongs about having an anchor in T20 cricket, but it certainly shouldn't be in an opener slot, especially when you've got someone like Reza Hendricks on the sidelines waiting to come in. So yeah, he batted well today, but there's still going to be questions continuing over whether he is the right person to be opening and captaining them in T20 cricket. And, and Temba Vim is a great figurehead for South African cricket and he's very important for that team. But I'm not convinced that it's his form that's the problem. I think mm. it's how he bats and his style as a batter. Mm. Um, and Abhishek, the final margin of victory was pretty big in the end, but you made the point before we recorded that had the rain come two, early, two overs earlier, South Africa may well have won that game because those two overs from overs seven to nine, South Africa were four for two from those two overs. And obviously with DLS, the DLS pass score rapidly increases if you lose wickets. So actually it wasn't that far off being a South Africa victory. Yeah, that uh, what 17 five overs might have been. I don't know how much. I haven't looked at the extra charts, but uh, look at the charts, but it might well have been 20 runs fewer. 
because of those two wickets. And so, and 53 in 5 is a standard chase in T20. But remember, that would also have been with two wickets fewer. So, it would have been an easy chase. But I think those two wickets by Shada and the two overs, as you mentioned, just for two runs of in the eighth, eighth over, two runs in the ninth over, that hit South Africa worse than <laughs> exactly how worse, how bad it hit South Africa. It the enormity of it uh, surfaced after the interval. Mm. There were two wickets for Shaheen, uh, three wickets for Shaheen rather his first wicket of the tournament. He looked to be closer to his best, but today was really all about Shadab for Pakistan. We've seen so much of what he can do with the ball in international cricket and with bat and ball in PSL. But Abhishek, Shadab's been around for a while, but he's still in his early 20s. We kind of got a glimpse today of just actually how special a T20 player in particular he can be and kind of is already. Yeah, he is. Uh, and uh, see, uh, the team management, the entire Pakistan system has got it right. They had pushed him as vice captain some time ago. So they had identified him as someone virtually irre- irreplaceable in the side. There are several all-rounders in the side, but he is the, he has been the one consistent figure. And now it is bearing fruit when it matters. And uh, I, I think he's a fabulous player whose batting sometimes gets delayed because of Pakistan's top-heavy approach, but he almost always gets those four overs out of the way without uh, going for much. And uh, even if he did one of the two and not the other, I think he would still have played. He's that good. Mm. Um, with the result today, we're slightly clearer into what were what the semi-finals will look like. So with our England and India hats on, uh, if England and India win both their matches, they are likely to face each other in the second semi-final at Adelaide. Um, and just on permutations for Pakistan. Uh, Pakistan's hopes are just about alive. If the South African-Netherlands game is a washout, which, by the way, is unlikely the forecast of the rest of the group stage is looking pretty good at the moment, and Pakistan thrash Bangladesh, Pakistan would go through equally if Pakistan beat Bangladesh and either South Africa lose to Netherlands or India lose to Zimbabwe, Pakistan would go through. So it's unlikely, but it's not impossible. Um, so, yeah, we're getting a slightly clearer idea of, of what the semi-finals will be. The other one is looking like South Africa, New Zealand, should New Zealand beat Ireland and South Africa, uh, beat the Netherlands. So, yeah, got a clearer idea of what the what the last stage of the tournament looked like. Um, but anyway, that is all we have time for today. Cheers, Katia. Cheers, Abhishek. This has been the Wisdom T20 World Cup Daily Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow after two games in Group 1. Podcast Network.